Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here alongside Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Jason, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a little foggy headed, uh, but life is good. And and so I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Life is good. Well, even a, even a foggy-headed Bill Alexander still puts on a pretty good show and is a, a wealth of knowledge that will help us all. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I am sure that that uh, I will get clear-headed by, uh, during the show at some point. Hopefully, it'll be towards the beginning. Well, well to at least put you at ease, I, I need to sing your praises a little bit because you always talk about the importance of asset protection. And within that is the importance of insurance. And I was involved in a, a car accident last week and the driver hit four other cars, one of which mm. was uh, some pretty significant damage. A woman was injured and unfortunately this driver was uninsured. Uh, who caused all this damage. And I know you are uh, such a big proponent of making sure that you have the right policy with the right amount of coverage because you just never know what can happen. Well, you know, one of the, th- you know, in North Carolina, uh, you if you're driving a vehicle, you are required to have liability insurance. But the fact is, is that there are lots and lots of of illegal drivers. I mean, people who are in a vehicle with no insurance whatsoever. I'm just glad that you and your son uh, came away from a serious accident with with no personal injuries. Um, you know, it's 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 painful to have to deal with uh, a vehicle that's wrecked because uh, and at this point because uh, of lack of parts and things like that, it often takes months to get a vehicle repaired uh, while they're waiting on parts. And so um, it's a no-brainer today that you have to go out and get a rental car. Uh, but the fact is, is that y- y- as you um, alluded to, you, you are protected by your own insurance policy, the uh, uninsured motorist coverage and underinsured motorist coverage. Um, And and you're right, I'm a proponent of maxing out uh, to the extent possible on your policy, your underinsured and uninsured motorist coverage, which of course you did. And so I'm proud of you, Jason, that's a good thing. So when I say max it out, for most people, that means 500, 500,000 uh, uh, coverage. Uh, but t- for a lot of policies, you can only max out the underinsured and uninsured to the degree that your own liability coverage. Uh, and so if it's 300, 300, uh, and, and no one should be less than 300, 300. Uh, and uh, and of course, having an umbrella t- at least a million, but two million umbrella is better. But your underinsured and uninsured motorist coverage only covers it. You know, your umbrella doesn't cover that. So it's uh, that's why the higher uh, amount I- inside the policy itself is important. But you know, you what I keep saying is the fact that those folks who are uninsured tend to be the worst drivers on the road you know they're they've 
they don't have a license, uh, and they may have lost their license because of of uh, drugs or alcohol or uh, stupidity or whatever. But the bottom line is, um, uh, they typically are not particularly good drivers. And of course, the other thing that uh, so that can be so important is the fact that the majority of drivers you know, at, at least 50% ha- have minimum coverage, which is $50,000. And, you know, in a serious accident, $50,000 doesn't go very far. So the fact is, um, and, and if there's personal injuries involved and a hospital involved, you know, $50,000 isn't going to cover diddly squat, uh, and it's going to be your own coverage. Now, how do I know that so many people have minimum coverage. Well, I've, I've read the statistics. They're out there. But the fact is, is that half of citizens of the United States of America have less than $500 in savings. And if you ha- only have a few hundred dollars in savings, if any at all, and you're living week to week, you don't have maximum automobile coverage. In fact, if you have a car at all, you those folks have minimum coverage. I mean, they can't afford more than that. They they barely can afford any insurance at all. So uh, now uh, that that's the reason, and I'm so glad that uh, you uh, heeded my advice and had that type of coverage. Well, I've got to thank you directly, and I, a PSA to everyone: just go out right now, check mm-hmm. your policy, and if mm-hmm. you don't, if you're under those thresholds that Bill mentioned, call your uh, your local insurance agent and get that remedied as soon as you can. Yeah, don't call me. God, this is, <laughs> I mean, your your uh, property and casualty uh, insurance is not something that I do. I mean, I counsel people on the fact that they need good coverage, uh, but it, it's I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody when it comes to to uh, that that type of thing. I just think it's smart, uh, and it's it's part of asset protection and estate planning because with asset protection, the foundation block of asset protection is not your legal documents. It's your property and casualty and liability insurance that is your foundation block because it doesn't matter what kind of legal documents you have if you don't have good liability insurance uh, you're not going to be in very good shape when it comes to a problem that that arises so uh, you know the your good legal documents that are established and put in place are is sort of the the second phase of an asset protection plan they're important uh, uh, you know, but at the same time, uh, the the insurance uh, is like I said, that's the cornerstone of an asset protection plan. So that good deal. So, well, you're preaching to the choir, Bill. What I think would make sense right now is to take a, a real quick break, and then we'll get into the the heart of the show here. Well, before you take a break, I want to at least tease folks on uh, what I want to start the show on really. Uh, are common planning goals uh, and so uh, and how to get 
uh, those goals accomplished in your estate planning. And so typically when a married couple comes in to see me, uh, uh, most of us, not everyone, most of us have similar goals. And goal number one is taking care of each other. And then goal number two is can we protect our estate while we are alive? Uh, Can we protect our estate at our death? In other words, uh, protect us from claims of others, Medicaid and the like. And then uh, how is the best way to allow us to control how we distribute our estate to our uh, children and or grandchildren in the best way possible uh, while handling any concerns that we uh, may have uh, regarding our children or grandchildren. And and then there's an overarching one that uh, sometimes we can do and sometimes not so much, and that's it. Keep it simple. (laughs) And uh, so typically uh, the, the answer uh, lies in uh, a, a well-established trust. And so trusts are very important when it comes to accomplishing these goals. Not everybody needs a trust. Uh, that is, is clear to me. Uh, but at the same time, in terms of being able to accomplish uh, these uh, planning goals, uh, trust can be extremely helpful in, in many, many cases. And in fact, there are a lot of cases where uh, uh, people who think that, well, they're not in a position where a trust would be important to them. Sometimes they're the most important folks to have a trust, uh, particularly those uh, who are elderly and uh, sometimes seeking Medicaid and how to protect their assets. Uh, trust can be critical for, for those folks. And then, of course, folks who are uh, well-to-do or have specific goals for their spouse or children, uh, then trusts are the way to go there, too. So we'll get into that when we come back. We will get into that. We also want to remind everyone that Bill's webinars are happening this Wednesday. Be sure to go to WGALaw.com to learn more. Register for Bill's free webinars. Bill has two webinars happening this Wednesday, October 11th. The first session, the morning session, deals with long-term care assistance. This is for those who themselves or loved ones that they know might be dealing with a long-term care crisis, and this helps those families figure out how they can possibly receive financial assistance, whether it's Medicaid or VA benefits. It's a highly educational webinar, one that is free of cost as well. There's zero cost you can attend for free. Just go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button there. It can take you to the register page and it's free to do so. The afternoon session deals with asset protection and trust planning. If you would like to learn more about those subjects, again, go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page, or if you prefer to call the office, the phone number is 919-256-7000, A quick break and back and more with Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We mentioned that we're discussing common planning goals. And Bill, you outlined three just before we took a break. And those three were um, taking care of each other. This uh, applies to a typical married family. Uh, protecting the estate while alive and also after death and making sure that we're finding the best and most efficient way to distribute our assets afterwards. And then if we can keep it simple, those were the three common planning goals that you outlined. Mm -hmm. Well, let's first uh, start with number one, taking care of each other. Uh, And quite frankly, that has less to do with your legal documents than your lifestyle and choices that you make. Uh, And I'm not going to tell you any secrets when it comes uh, to these kinds of of how to take care of each other. But uh, obviously, you you know, one of the things I talk about in terms of asset protection is taking care of your marriage. Because, uh, frankly, uh, uh, at least from my own perspective, I see more people losing more money and more property in a divorce then, uh, and of course, a divorce is something that's relatively common. You never like to see it, but uh, the fact is, is that if you take care of your marriage, take care of each other, uh, then that that is an asset protection strategy uh, because you don't lose uh, half of your property uh, in a, a divorce setting. Uh, but I mean, a lot of it is putting money back. Uh, and of course, this is really important for young folks because uh, the younger generations uh, are uh, will, in fact, struggle to a greater degree than uh, my generation, unless uh, one of two things: they, they've put uh, a bunch of money back uh, during their working years uh, for for the future, in other words, retirement planning, uh, starting early on. And the earlier people start putting money back, uh, the better off they will be in the future. Uh, uh, So it's either that uh, or, uh, uh, you know, if their parents are well-to-do, then an inheritance can also supplement uh, good retirement planning that that uh, people uh, do for themselves. But the fact is, is children uh, of even well-to-do parents should not um, have their plan based upon an inheritance because, frankly, it might not work out. <laughs> you know, there are uh, lots of circumstances where uh, the parents end up with with needs, and the inheritance, uh, if anything, becomes much smaller uh, for for uh, lots of different reasons. So the bottom line is, you got to take care of yourself when it comes to those, and of course that also means um, uh, paying your debts. In other words, hopefully, so that you will be debt free by the time you retire. Uh, I can't stress how uh, much e- easier it is to live in retirement if, if you are debt-free, particularly if you have your house paid for uh, so that uh, your living expenses are quite low compared to those folks who are paying 
uh, high rents or still paying uh, mortgage payments uh, uh, after they retire. Because the fact is, is that uh, the cost of living keeps going up. You know, it's getting more, more and more expensive every year, which means after you retire, your buying power gets smaller and smaller each each year. So having sufficient resources, have, hopefully having good income, it also means making good retirement choices when you get to a point where you're ready to retire. If you have a pension, are you electing for your spouse to receive part of your pension or all of your pension? And that's a huge decision. Uh, sometimes it is actually wiser if a person uh, is in excellent health. Uh, and I mean, a typical circumstance is if you're in excellent health and you have good income and your spouse uh, is likely to outlive you by, uh, uh, you know, or about the same age and not. Uh, if your spouse outlives you, uh, will uh, th- that life expectancy be for many years or not many years at all? And, of course, these are guesses, but most of our planning is based on educated guesses if you get right down to it. So it's the kind of thing where sometimes it makes more sense to buy uh, to take how much it would cost in a reduction of your pension to buy life insurance with that money so that your spouse and or children actually receive life insurance proceeds uh, instead of pension because, you know, life insurance actually uh, can be inherited by children, uh, whereas your pension typically cannot uh, go to your children. It can go to your spouse, but typically not to your children. So it's the kind of thing where, but obviously... Uh, if it's if you're not in good health and your spouse is much younger and expected to live for many years after you, then electing for your pension to go to your spouse uh, instead of buying life insurance uh, is probably a better idea. But the worst case scenario is where one spouse dies and the other spouse doesn't have enough income to uh, live the same lifestyle. Uh, that that they've enjoyed while uh, you're together. Uh, another offshoot that I talk about, because I always want to know in my planning uh, how much income people have now and how much income will each spouse have if they lose the other spouse. Because, you know, oftentimes people don't think about those kind of things. But to me, with good planning, it's essential to know those kinds of things uh, because... And sometimes I've seen uh, unfortunate situations where elections are made, uh, and the, the if you know if the breadwinning spouse dies first, the survivor is in very poor financial shape, and that's not right, particularly in a, a long marriage uh, situation. So um, those kinds of, of things are important. So being uh, debt free. Uh, making sure that the uh, surviving spouse is taken care of, uh, either by life insurance or pension elections, uh, uh, can be uh, extremely meaningful. 
uh, and even for young people, they should have a term life insurance to make sure that their debts can be covered, their mortgage paid, and and maybe even a little uh, money left over to replace that lost income that that would be, um, you know, because most of the time there are young children involved in those kind of things. So um, there are lots and lots of life decisions where good decision-making uh, makes a huge difference, and of course, it's not about your legal documents so much. Although the legal documents can come into play uh, as as well, it's it's just like uh, uh, do you have you know when you have young children like you, Jason, uh, do you have a trust set up in your estate planning uh, so that you can. Uh, you and your spouse uh, can uh, choose who will take care of your children. In, in other words, take them in. Uh, you might have someone else who's going to take care of their money uh, and invest it wisely and make sure that uh, that uh, the money is there for them to take care of them. So a trust for your minor children is an essential thing for younger people. And then, of course, uh, we can get to, uh, you know, uh, after your children are grown and you're worried about uh, taxes and estate taxes and death taxes and the like, uh, how, you know, how it works uh, at the other end of life. And, of course, uh, most of my clients uh, are seniors, but we do take care of younger clients, too, in terms of what their needs are. If this is information that you're finding pretty interesting and useful i would recommend that you sign up for bill's asset protection and trust planning webinar happening this wednesday october 11th that's the afternoon session bill has two webinars that are happening that day both are free to attend highly educational ways for you to learn more from bill at no cost to you the morning session deals with long-term care assistance, financial assistance for those who are dealing with a long-term care crisis. This deals with Medicaid, VA benefits. It's a, a very, very well done webinar where you can learn more from WG Alexander and Associates. You can learn more from Thomas Alexander actually helping to put on that webinar because it is so important to have correct information when you are dealing with Medicaid and dealing with a long-term care crisis. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page to learn more. It's free to register, free to attend. There is no cost to you. You just get a wealth of educational knowledge. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about WG Alexander and Associates. Schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney. Learn more about 
the free webinars that WG Alexander and Associates puts on. They're happening this Wednesday, October 11th. They do these the second Wednesday of every month. Learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance for those dealing with a long-term care crisis. This deals with Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance. You can also learn more about asset protection and trust planning. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to register. It's free to attend. There's no cost to you. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And, Bill, we're having a thorough discussion on common planning goals. Well, and the next one down the line is how do we protect ourselves uh, while we're alive? And quite frankly, uh, one of the things I want folks to, to recognize is the fact that estate planning, it, good estate planning, is about um, taking care of ourselves while we're alive as much as it is is what do we do for each other and our children and grandchildren when we die. So, yes, a part of it is, quote, death planning, but much of it is life planning. And so it's a matter of having uh, the right legal documents so that you can protect uh, your estate while you're alive for each other and for your family. Uh, having, uh, uh, for most of my clients, having an enhanced general durable power of attorney is a key document for uh, good planning purposes, where, in essence, if you have to pivot, an enhanced power of attorney allows your family to pivot and protect your property. Uh, and, you know, what I say so often is oftentimes simpler powers of attorney don't work for that purpose. Uh, in fact, one of the key ways to protect property in bad circumstances is the ability to transfer property from one spouse to the other spouse. You know, there's no tax issues in doing that, uh, not if both are U.S. citizens anyway. Uh, so, um, the, uh, but the, the bottom line is, is that most general durable powers of attorney don't authorize you to transfer much of anything from one spouse to the other. So it's, it's, um, that's a key document. Uh, people need to make healthcare decisions. Uh, when your loved one can't make a decision, you, you need a health care power of attorney to make those decisions. Well, guess what? That's a key life document. It could be a life or death document. So obviously it's really important. Uh, having an advanced directive uh, for natural death is an, a document that's important to most of us, and it's certainly appropriate uh, for any adult. Um, the federal law actually requires us to have a medical release to complete our health care documents and uh, for, for everything to work the way it should work. Uh, another document that's so important uh, and becoming more and more important is a digital release, uh, allowing your agent to go online using your username and password 
in terms of paying your bills and doing whatever, you know, auditing your accounts and knowing what's going on uh, and having your legal permission to do that. So a digital release can be really important today and, like I said, becoming more important. I actually had a client uh, this past week that, that basically says, I don't have any digital assets and I'm, I'm going – well, if you don't right now, you will in the future. So, you know, because the fact is, is that um, that the banks and financial institutions are uh, actually forcing people to go digital. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, anyone with a smartphone has digital assets. You know, you got pictures online, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Facebook or whatever it's called now. Uh, the the whole the, the whole uh, role. So all of those are important, and I haven't even said the word trust yet. And the fact is, is that for many many people, a revocable trust is a wonderful planning tool, not only for death planning but life planning. Uh, at least in my trust, uh, it's rare when I don't put in a disability plan uh, uh, for your particular, it can be particularly important if your children are in charge of your money uh, and taking care of you because you're no longer able to manage it. You've lost your spouse uh, because typically your spouse doesn't need a plan. Your spouse knows how to take care of you. You know how to take care of your spouse. But your children don't know you nearly as well as they need to know in terms of taking care of your personal needs. Uh, where that, that, and that can be everything from where you live, how you live, how much independence you have. And if you have a trust with a disability plan, then your directions, your guidance in your trust actually gives your children, as your trustee, fiduciary obligations to carry out what you've demanded in your trust. Uh, And when, uh, you know, frankly, when your children are spending your money to take care of you, uh, wouldn't you rather be in charge Uh, of how they actually are obligated to spend your money. Well, that's what a disability plan does for you. And that's before you get to the other advantages of trust, of avoiding probate, making death planning simpler uh, for everyone, faster for everyone, uh, and less expensive for everyone in terms of those things that need to be done uh, when you die, uh, trust planning gives you better tax planning for, uh, gives you the potential to do other things. And so I know we have to take a break, but that's our next little segment is, okay, what about death planning? We will get to that. And if you are interested in learning more about trust planning, be sure to register for Bill's free webinar, all dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. It's happening this Wednesday, October 11th. You can go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's free to register if you would like to attend Bill's free webinar on asset protection and trust planning. He also has a webinar that day dedicated 
to long-term care assistance. Again, this is another free webinar. There's no cost to you. If you or a loved one may see, or maybe you're dealing with a long-term care crisis right now, but if you see one coming down the horizon, it's really important to make sure that you are armed with correct information because there's so many half-truths and so many accepted myths when it comes to Medicaid that you really, really want to be armed with the correct information. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend, or you can also call the office if you'd like to register to attend that way. The phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about W.G. Alexander and Associates online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is also where you can go to learn about Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, October 11th. Learn more about asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend. Learn more from Bill about some subjects that uh, can really benefit you by being armed with the correct information. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about common planning goals. And we've gone over a number of these, um, you know, wanting to take care of each other, wanting to protect our estate while alive. And Bill, let's talk about what a lot of us tend to think of when it comes to planning, and that's what happens after we pass. Well, the fact is, is that most families start out with what we call sweetheart wills, a, a last will and testament that in essence says, I leave everything to my spouse. And if my spouse predeceases me in that event, I leave everything equally to our children outright. Now, so that's where most people start. And that's an appropriate place uh, to start. Uh, but uh, oftentimes life gets more complicated. And quite frankly, for some folks with a normal circumstance, uh, then uh, under those circumstances, uh, the, the surviving spouse might want to create a trust for themselves and the benefit of their children upon their death. Because frankly, in most cases where the intention is, I want my spouse to have everything, uh, it, the fir- at the first death, things are pretty simple. And oftentimes, the estate is very, very simple uh, at, in terms of it going to the surviving spouse. But it becomes far more complicated and more expensive and time-consuming 
when the second spouse dies, uh, and uh, even with a simple, I leave everything to my children equally. So oftentimes a trust can benefit the surviving spouse when you haven't had a trust before that. The other type of trust that can be uh, helpful, uh, and this has little to do with the net worth of, uh, uh, of our uh, couple, uh, is, okay, let's say that one spouse has become very sick. Uh, and uh, if they, you know, the spouse is, the, the healthy spouse is taking care of the sick spouse. And so it, it becomes likely that if the healthy spouse should die first, the, the sick spouse is not going to be able to stay at home anymore, but will need institutional care uh, thereafter. Well, in those cases, and in some cases where both spouses are getting older, they're frail, um, and they know if one spouse, you know, they're they're taking care of each other. They're you know they're managing. You know they're struggling but managing, and they know when one spouse is lost, then the other is going to have to find uh, is not going to be able to stay at home, uh, and might not be able to manage things, and so the children are going to have to step up in in those cases. Well. That's where we use a will-based supplemental needs trust. Does it give asset protection? Absolutely, based on federal law. And that asset protection is absolutely fantastic. So if, uh, if the survivor needs to go to a nursing home when the first spouse dies, that supplemental needs trust uh, will protect everything. No five-year look back. It's no spend down required for Medicaid. No penalty or sanction. Unlimited in terms of how much can be in a supplemental needs trust. So even when we have a revocable trust, sometimes we have a trust in the will, a testamentary trust, and we pour over from the revocable trust to the testamentary trust. So it. It, but the bottom line is, is that is an asset protection tool that works extremely well uh, when one spouse dies. Now, the trick with that is you got to have all of the property in the spouse in the decedent spouse's name, either through the use of a power of appointment uh, uh, in a trust agreement or otherwise or because you've transferred all of the property to, uh, that, uh, to that spouse. Uh, and, and now, uh, quite frankly, I had this happen just recently, and, uh, and this is some, another offshoot of what I talk about so often. Uh, I have the wife who, who's in a nursing home, needs Medicaid, so we were pushing the resources over to, um, to the husband in order to apply for Medicaid for the wife. Uh, and now, but the husband had two retirement accounts. And guess what happened before we were able to apply for Medicaid was the husband surprised us and died. And guess what? 
he had not yet changed his beneficiary designation on his retirement accounts. So guess who's on there? The wife. So in essence, his retirement accounts now belong to the wife who's in the nursing home. So obviously that gives us a dilemma in terms and slows us down in order of getting her on Medicaid uh, because the beneficiary designation was not changed in a timely way. Now, we had recommended that. We told him it had to be done, but it didn't get done. And then, of course, he didn't know he was going to die. And so the fact is, is that time is of the essence. Should have been done, wasn't done. If the beneficiary had been changed from the wife to the trustee under his supplemental needs trust, because we had already done his documents that he needed, then everything would have been protected. She would have gone right on to Medicaid, no problem. But the fact that he has two retirement accounts that now belong to the um, to the wife uh, slows us down. So those are just some of the kinds of things. Now, obviously, folks with... Um, uh, more property would be using a revocable trust to begin with, where we can have excellent tax planning for estate taxes, generation skipping planning, uh, and in appropriate cases where you have one spouse, maybe it's a second or third marriage, and you have children by previous marriage, and you want to take care of your spouse if, if you die first, but you also want to protect your estate to go to your children, you can have uh, tax planning with and remarriage restrictions for your spouse so that you can, in essence, protect your spouse for his or her lifetime, but that your resources end up going to your children um, according to your plan, and it's protected for your children's benefit. So there are a lot of different ways of making uh, sure. Now, I know I don't have en enough time to really talk about it, but the next planning tool is, okay, what if we have issues with our children? We're worried about their marriages. We're, we don't want our inheritance to be taken out in a divorce. Uh, or we have a child who's uh, got uh, mental issues or drug addiction or alcoholism or spendthrift problems, and we're worried about them, ab them able to manage. Or you might have the better situation where you have a, a child who's just doing is filthy rich, doing fabulous, uh, making tons of money. Are there planning tools you can use? Absolutely you can actually use, and most of my clients do use, a lifetime asset protection trust for their children's inheritance, which can solve all of those problems in one way or another. Knowing what is available at your disposal for planning is very, very key to making sure that you're maximizing your plans and that you have complete control. Get a hold of the team at WG Alexander and Associates. Go to WGALaw.com. Schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars, learn more about long-term care assistance, learn more about asset protection and trust planning in the form of one of these webinars. They're happening this Wednesday, October 11th. We do them the second Wednesday of every month. You can go to WGALaw.com to register for free. 
go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, or call 919-256-7000. A short break and back, this is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about the team at WG Alexander and Associates. Bill, we're just about out of time here. Any parting notes of wisdom for us? Well, another common planning issue is can we get on Medicaid? And the fact is, is that most middle class families uh, can. Uh, be eligible for Medicaid, particularly if they need nursing facility care. Um, And it's a lifesaver for many. So the fact is, and that's something that we do, and our seminar makes a big difference for that, not everyone needs Medicaid or should have it. And sometimes the numbers just don't justify doing the Medicaid planning. But the fact is, it is an important aspect of, of planning for seniors. If it's something you think would benefit you, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page so you can register for Bill's free long-term care assistance webinar happening this coming Wednesday, October 11th. That's the morning session. The afternoon session deals with asset protection and trust planning. Again, both webinars are free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to learn more, or you can call the office. The phone number is 919 215-7000, 919-256-7000. That will do it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.